welcome to episode number 152 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free by clicking the link with the show notes. Now, I'm super excited for today's guest, Teresa Heath-Waring. I was on her podcast and just loved the conversation we had there, so I knew I had to bring her on the show. She is an award-winning international speaker, TEDx speaker, trainer, podcaster, and business owner. She works with businesses and entrepreneurs and marketers to really help them enhance their digital marketing and social media efforts. She has spent the last 16 years in marketing, working with international brands like Land Rover, Jaguar, Rightmove, and Lead Pages. She also speaks and trains entrepreneurs all over the world, as well as in her online membership, The Marketing That Converts Academy. And today we're gonna dig into her story and talk about her approach to marketing, which I know you'll love. But just a quick reminder that we are headed into a new month. It is now June. And this month's theme is all about creating content systems and really helping you develop a system that works for you and for your habits and really is tapped into something that you're actually going to commit to. So to understand our approach on marketing and to start building your own content system, make sure you head on over to our free course at the Savvy Social School. You can find it at onlinedrea.com slash free, and it'll help you build out, really start building out that content system that works for you. So with that, I'm really excited, Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun when I interviewed you. So it is so good to do this again. (laughs) Yes. I just loved our conversation so much because we have so many similarities in our approach. Uh, But before we get into that, I'm curious, how did you get into this digital marketing world in the first place? So mine's like a really old story in the fact of I've been in marketing for about 16, 17 years. Um, I did a degree in it. I worked constantly in it for years and years and years, always worked for someone else, never wanted my own business, never any intention to have my own business. And I was about the time where I think social media was starting to pick up that I then started to have some changes in my home life and my world. And I found myself as a single parent with my daughter who was like three, nearly four. And I loved my job, but I joke I must have had like an early midlife crisis because I decided that I suddenly needed to leave and work for someone else. Like I'd worked there for a few years. I'd done a good job. I'd like what I did. I was head of marketing for this agency and I decided I know I'm going to get another job. So I handed my notice in very foolishly and said, you know, I'm going to get another job. And I was about a few weeks into my notice and nothing was coming. Like, I forgot that I lived in a fairly rural part of England, and there aren't loads of huge businesses around here. And I was expensive. I was an expensive resource because I'd had all this experience. So my back was a bit up against the wall. I started to think, what am I going to do? And I thought to myself, well, I've bought in all this business for this agency. What if I just did that myself? So just literally gave that a thought. And it was like my boss realized and basically said I had to leave. So I had one week, no savings, no rich parents. I had parents, they weren't rich. Uh, No husband, no money to talk of apart from that last final salary I was getting for that last month. 
And then I had to start earning money. And that's what I did. I went out and I started doing social media for people. And I started doing marketing for people who couldn't afford marketing managers. And then I built my agency. But the online world called me so hard. Like, I loved it. I loved training with the online people. I loved how it worked. I loved the tech behind it. And slowly but surely, I moved my business from an agency to a one-to-many model where now I teach in the academy. I speak when obviously we're allowed to go and speak around the world. And I have a coaching program that's a bit more intense. And basically, yeah, I do that. And I just talk continuously about all things marketing, social media, digital marketing. And I like to throw in a bit of mindset every now and again. Yes, I love that. And I love your transformation as well, because I think so often in the online marketing space specifically, there's a lot of people who just kind of start teaching it without having done the work and you have the years of experience behind kind of like the actual practical experience behind the things that you're teaching, which I think is so important. I'm curious about your opinion on how the online landscape has shifted in the past couple of years, specifically on social media. And we talked about this a little bit on your podcast episode. Y'all go listen to that episode because it (laughs) is, it's great if I do say so myself. It's a great one. Really good one. We go deep, but I'm curious about your opinion on some of these shifts we're seeing in the online marketing space, specifically when it comes to content, because I remember blogging was the thing. Like if you didn't have a blog, you weren't doing anything with your business. And now that's shifted so much. So what are some of the things that you're seeing in the content that's being produced online? I love this question because it literally has like changed so much. I remember, this is like how long I've been in this industry. I remember like when we first started, like first off, everyone was like, what's this social media and why do I need it? Like no business wanted to have it. And they thought it was like just for businesses that have kids or young people or, you know, this definitely wasn't for estate agents or solicitors or anything more serious. Then it was like people would dabble and post once or twice a week if you were lucky. And you know what? Back then, that was absolutely fine and it worked because it was a very different platform back then. It wasn't like we have them now. You didn't have many choices for starters. And then, you know, the algorithms hadn't really kind of started to work its magic as it does. You know, it wasn't competitive. Lots of people weren't on it. So the businesses, when they did go on it, they got real good things from it. And they didn't have to try with their content. They just had to be there. Like they didn't really have to have a content strategy. And of course, I, like I said, I've been in marketing for years. I did a degree in it. Like there was nothing called a content creator like most of my history. Like this is entirely brand new. So we got this point where like social media started to get picked up and everyone then started to go, actually, no, this is really good. And yeah, we do need to put stuff on there and we do need to be present and we do need to look at content. And they started to think about creating the content. They started to think about where they'd maybe gone from like a blog content or a content that was you know, more heavy form, they then felt like social media just took over and they never had to do anything else. So it was almost like 
the social media space put everybody into a really false sense of security. It's like, oh, we can give up our website. We can give up our, you know, big content, our core content, like blogging. We just need to show up on social media and it's free. We don't have to pay for it. We don't have to advertise. People are just going to come to us. They're going to buy our stuff. It's going to be easy. And I remember like, you know, when, when it really started to pick up and people were really starting to use it and it did get a bit more competitive, that's when the content creation on, on social really became a thing because it was like, okay, you've got to start showing up regularly. You've got to start putting posts on different platforms at different times. You've got to treat each one really individually and you need to be everywhere. So, you know, as a new platform came out, you had to be on it, but it was like, it made people work really hard on those platforms, which again, people then kind of went, I don't want to do that. I don't want to work that hard. But like I said, it it put people in like this false sense of security that social media had the answer to everything. And it didn't, they just didn't realize. And and I don't think anybody did You know, even me, everybody in the industry, it was like, social media is amazing. And we'd taken years to convince them of that. So of course, at the point that suddenly everyone's like, oh, it is amazing. We're then like, oh no, hang on. Um, You need to think about other things now. So then it was like, you still need to do core content. You know, it's really competitive. Everyone is everywhere and you need to stand out. So it's no longer just produce content, it's produce really good content. And it's producing content. And again, I saw the shift of like, the content where they would just shout at the world and go, we sell this, we do this, we, you know, you can buy this from us. Here's our service. Here's us doing our service. Like it was completely organizational company centric. It was like, they just saw it as another platform to shout at the world. Whereas now where we are today from an advice point of view is so different. Like when I think about the stuff I used to say, the stuff I used to, like, I remember saying, you know, you must post on all platforms separately. You don't use a scheduler, you know, you come up with your own content, it's organic. And that's just not the case anymore. That's not what we do today. Yeah, that is so true. It's it's kind of like the waves of, of where we're putting our attention shift a little bit. Um, so bringing this into now 2021, considering the, what the past 12 months have looked like, if someone only had a few hours a week to, to spend on this, what would your advice be to them? So now it's about going all in on one because we have realized that not only are businesses like having to be everywhere and do everything and they're exhausted, but also the platforms move at such rates. Like, you know, just when you're under control of one, suddenly something changes. So for me, it's like, if you can only devote so much time, choose your platform. And there's two questions I get people to ask themselves. One, what do they like being on? Because if they don't like being on it, you're gonna have a really hard time trying to do it. I remember for years, Twitter was like big. This is before the Instagram days and trying to convince businesses how good Twitter was and how they should use it. They literally, it would blow their mind. You'd show them the platform and they're just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. So just don't be on it. Like if you feel like that, can you imagine how difficult it's gonna be? And secondly, the other question is, where do your customers hang out? Now, again, social media is huge, absolutely massive. So the chances are your customers will hang out on pretty much most of them. But if you are, you know, 
a more professional service, then probably LinkedIn's your thing. You know, if you do want a younger audience or a much more fun content creation audience, then you might look at TikTok or Snapchat, if that's even still a thing now, you know, because it doesn't mean that's fast. Um, you know, if you are trying to like capture parents or kind of the general public, then maybe Facebook and Instagram might be the places you look. But it's about those two questions do I like it? And do they hang out there? And if they happen to be the same platform, then flipping brilliant, just do that one platform. So for me, it's like focusing on the platform. And then where has it got to a point where it was definitely quantity over quality? Like when it got busier, instead of us saying to people, and this, you know, I hold my hands up at the same, and no doubt in 12 months time, we'll be having a different conversation again. But at the (laughs) point it was like, oh, you've just got to post, you've just got to post, put stuff out there. So it was definitely about how many times you could post. Whereas now I would much rather you choose to post three or four times a week and do it really well and really think about your content, really plan it out. Think about, again, not just telling people stuff, not just telling people to buy your stuff, but what do they want to know? What do you want to hear from them? And using it as that two-way conversation all the time, I think that is one of the biggest things that has changed. Like I said, when we first started in this space, the content was about shouting and advertising and basically talking about us. Now we've had to twist it and go, no, this platform's for you. What do you want to hear? What do you need from us? How can we have conversations? And the algorithm actively encourages us to have those conversations. So if people aren't commenting, if they're not engaging, then that's not going to help you. So that's one big thing. The other big thing for me is the authenticity. It's the showing up as a real human or a real, real people. So people, they went through a whole period of like, social media is brilliant, social media is great. And then all the brands got hold of it and were like, and the marketers, we joke that the marketers ruin everything, but like they got hold of it and they were like, ooh, how can we use this? And suddenly then the whole world of influencers came up, the whole world of like, you know, viral marketing that was, oh, that wasn't from the brand and it was from the brand. And then that put this massive distrust in everybody in terms of social media, all these filters, like, you know, even something as simple as an amazing filter on Instagram just puts distrust in people and and what they're looking at and is it real and is that a thing and and then all these ads came up and then of course all that stuff with you know the elections in the US so I think then everybody got to a point where they were like this social media thing is a lie it's like everyone on there could be fake it could be really kind of disingenuous they act like one thing but actually they're the other they don't look like they say they look and Therefore, now the authenticity of our content is is as important to me as what you're actually putting in the content. So showing up as yourself, be willing to be vulnerable or be seen and have those conversations. And sometimes, you know, that doesn't go well. You know, sometimes you have an opinion on the online, you know, there's been an example just this very weekend, you know, where someone has put an opinion online and they didn't like it, you know, and and. And that is going to happen potentially if you get really big. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're not a megastar, then I think you're pretty safe. But, you know, it's about kind of then finding your people. So it's not just about putting the content out there for anybody. It's putting out the content so authentically that if you like what I do, then great. You're going to love engaging with my content. You're going to like joining my programs. You're going to like hanging out with me. If you don't like me, then that's cool. 
But as long as I'm being authentic on my social and showing up authentic, you can make that decision really quickly. So you don't have to then buy a product and think this woman's an idiot or, you know, go in deep with something and then think I've just wasted all my time to realize they're not who they said they were. So for me, showing up as me and then you can make the decision really quickly whether I'm for you or whether I'm not for you. Either way, great. But if you act as you are, and the same with businesses, I think people think this is just a personal brand thing. Totally not. If you are a business, you can put your brand voice out to the world. And, you know, are you an innocent brand where it's like quirky and fun and and jokey? Or are you a more serious brand? You can still put that out to the world. But for me, it's like, that's our shop window. Someone's coming to me and like, I'm going to flick through your photos. I'm going to look at your stuff. I'm going to see what you're like. And then I'll see if I want to engage with you. Oh my gosh. Yes. See, Teresa, this is exactly why I wanted you on the show because a lot of the things you're saying just emphasize what my perspective on social media is and a lot of the things I like to teach. And it feels so validating, to be honest, have another professional person go, yep, we're on the same page. So thank you. (laughs) So many gems. (laughs) Those of you listening and watching, I hope you're taking notes because there's a lot of great stuff here. Um, I want to talk about specifically this idea of kind of choosing a main platform, because one of the things I struggle with is as a marketer, I'm everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that for me personally, it's my job, like literally my job is to be everywhere. So I feel this disconnect sometimes when I teach other people to choose one platform. Do you feel the same way? And how do you kind of tackle those feelings? So I have like these two sayings in my academy. One is the do as I say, not as I do, because it's like sometimes I teach you things that are the way to do, but you don't always see me doing that because either I'm not organized enough or I have to be different for whatever reason. For one of the reasons of I am in marketing, how can I possibly not be on every social media platform? So for me, the way I do it is is that one. And then I'm uber honest about everything. So I will tell my community and my members and I'll say it straight and not kind of straight as in I'll, you know, tell it as it is and be really blunt about it, but just be really honest and go, I have to be everywhere because how can I teach on different platforms if I'm not on them? However, I cannot serve each platform within the time I can give it. And I have a team now and we do do things together. So it's not like I'm doing it on my own. I'm about being realistic. You know, Facebook does very little for me unless I'm advertising. So why would I put all my time there? But if Facebook's working for you and it's brilliant, absolutely crack on and keep doing it. But for me, not so much. LinkedIn, if I put the time and effort in, yeah, it would work well. But again, in the scheme of things, I don't have the time. Twitter, I love to go on and have some kind of conversations, but in terms of my content. So for me, I tell everybody when I'm talking about social media content that I'm on everything. If you go to your favorite platform, put in my name, you'll find me. Not on TikTok though. Sorry, I'm, I can't do the dancing. I cannot. <laughs> the dancing and the pointing are just not for me. I would look like a prize idiot. So that, and that is definitely not on brand and definitely not authentic to me at all. So I, that is not my bag. Um, but the main ones, the other ones, you'll find me. But I do really honestly say my favorite's Instagram and that's where I am the most. That's where you'll see the stories, the more authentic stuff, the, the most of replying and commenting and that sort of stuff. Just because... I think, and I think it's important to be really realistic. You know, I think I have this conversation so much, I can't remember who I've said it to, but like, 
you know, talk about Gary Vaynerchuk, apparently he has like 40 people on his content team. Like that is absolutely fine when you're Gary Vaynerchuk. But the problem is everybody looks at him or everybody looks at other people who are higher in the chain than them. And they're like, well, they're doing that. I need to do it like that. And it's like, but they're doing it like that because they're at that stage. When they were at your stage, they didn't do it, but you just didn't see because you weren't following them then. So for me, it's about kind of understanding that when you're first starting out, you know, one platform's absolutely fine. Posting two, three times a week is absolutely fine because you're doing it all. You've got to come up with the ideas. You've got to come up with the content. And in those early days as well, you don't have, like, if I never put another podcast out in all my life, I would still have so much to talk about. Like, going back to each of those episodes and pulling out all the gems, I'd have like five years worth of social media content for sure, without a single bit of doubt. But in the early days, you don't, I don't know, didn't have any of that. Like I was writing some blogs, they weren't very good. I didn't like them. Um, when you first start the podcast, again, you're kind of like trying to find your way. So it's not until you get that far down the line that then you can go, okay, I've got a million things I can talk about. And also sometimes I think people overthink it. Like they think that their content has to be this crazy, amazing thought leader, mind-blowing content. And the truth is like the question I ask a lot of my members is, well, who are you doing the content for? Your competitors or your customers? And it's like, I'd love nothing more to, for my competitors to be like, wow, she is so smart, right? And that would just be lovely. But the point is that wouldn't get me customers. That wouldn't get me small business owners who I want to help in my academy because I'd be putting content out there that just wouldn't be at the level that they were at. And sometimes I think we we almost like do ourselves a disservice of going, we don't want to put the basic stuff out there because what would people think of us? What will, you know how would they see us? But the truth is, as your customers, we don't know the basic stuff. Like one of my clients years ago, when I had the agency was an estate agent. And I got to know them really well. I worked with them for a really long time. And I used to have to have conversations with them. Like when you say the word vendor, like people who haven't sold a house don't know what you mean by that. And I know that sounds stupid to you and laughable. And are you kidding? But it's like, they don't know. So you need to talk to them and produce content for them at the level they are at. And sometimes that's different levels. Some of my members, um, because I don't niche, which is terrible, <laughs> I should, but anyway, um, I just like helping lots of small business owners. Um, but like some of my members are at the point where they need help with getting started on Instagram or some ideas for stories or some help. In fact, we had a coaching call today and, and I needed to talk about hashtag strategy to someone. And then some of my members are launching and are talking about their launch runway. And that's absolutely fine that you have different people at different levels, but you've just got to think if I'm putting content out for that person, is it appropriate to them? And therefore sometimes we have to go super basic with our content, way more basic than we feel comfortable with. But in truth, that's the conversations and that's what people want to hear from us. Yes. I love this too, because a lot of business owners may find a sense of relief at going this simple because we try to do the most, at least that's me. <laughs> we try yeah, to make the fancy always. content. And I, I love that you pointed it out. It's for the competitors. It's not for the client. Yeah. It's so people will look at that and go, oh, that's pretty. And that's she's, nice. But she's got like, it all together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All figured out. And I love that you highlighted that because hopefully for those of you listening, you'll feel that sense of relief as well. You don't have to 
like redefine anything with your content, go back to the basics. If someone were to come to you today and say, where do I start? What's step one? That's the content that you post on social media, which I love. I love. I'm curious about your own content system. So I want to hear your approach to creating content. You talked about, you know, if you didn't create another podcast episode, you'd have so much social content. So do you use your podcast to inform your social content or like what, what's your content flow, I guess? Okay. So it's recently changed and we're trialing something new. So that's always exciting, but what it used to be, and I'll just, I'll give you a quick, like what it was and what we've changed to. So what it was is we got to the point where we had so much content that we could use like a library function. So you know how some of the systems will auto send out your stuff. Like you can put stuff into a category and you'll get to the end of the category and I'll just start sending it again. So some of the content we had was like that. Okay. So for instance, we had a category called in case you missed it. And we would literally, every time we did a podcast episode, we would copy that post into the in case you missed it posts in that categories. And then every week, two times a week, maybe on all my platforms, it would go, Hey, did you see this one? Or did you listen to this one? Or, you know, Teresa talked about this in this episode and we're going back, like literally back to episode threes and fours and fives because Obviously, not the not the stuff that is, you know, at the time, but anything evergreen, we can just keep putting out. We also had categories around things like lead magnets. So we would always put out lead magnets. We would have a number of posts for each single lead magnet. So it wasn't looking like we were doing the same thing all the time. We would have things like a category about where I'm being featured if I was speaking somewhere Or we'd have a category about the most up-to-date podcast and and it would talk about that. We'd also have things like um, the tools I'd use or some tips and we'd have categories and we would basically spend a whole lot of time, like a good day or two, just creating content, putting them in the categories and then we wouldn't have to worry about it. But I was getting to the point where like that was a move on. So it was like, you know, that wasn't where I started that was when I got sort of better that I could do that. But now I've got the team and now I'm giving it more thought. I've moved on again, which I can only do because of where I'm at right now. And because I've got a team and because we can work together on it. So where we are today, we basically create content a week at a time and we create it around a theme. So if you were sat here listening to this and you're thinking, how do do I know what to post? What on earth am I going to post? Literally do a really old fashioned brainstorm, put your business in the middle and then just keep adding all the stuff. And so let's say if you're in social media, right? Social media, Facebook, from Facebook, you've got Facebook ads. From Facebook ads, you've got a Facebook pixel. You've got remarketing ads. You've got, um, you know, the objectives. You've got audience network stuff. You've got, so there's literally like that many subjects. And I think this is the thing that people go, well, there isn't anything to talk about. And it's like, I think you're looking up here and you can come down a bit. So, so I've written down lots of different things. So for instance, the one I've just written is about fear. Like I said, I like to learn a bit of mindset. So we're going to do a week around fear. So I come up with the theme. I come up with three emails that I send a week. So I send an email on a Monday, a Wednesday and a Friday. And I like to take them on a journey. So these emails I've done and my social media reflects this is email number one is what's fear got to do with business and even introducing the fact of you might not know that fear is holding you back. You might 
be having a million excuses, which I've done in the past. And you're like, well, I can't launch because the moon isn't in the right phase. I'm making that up, by the way. I'm being facetious. You know, but those were kind of the ridiculous excuses that I was coming up with not to launch because I didn't realize I was scared. So that's the first email. The second email, I share a story or it might be a myth or it might be something that really annoys me about the industry. But basically, it's some kind of story thing. So this one is about how I took a year to launch my very first online product because I was scared and the process I went to and how James Wedmore spoke to me and and we got it fixed and, and it was great. Then the last email is about, okay, so if you are now addressing the fact that maybe fear is holding you back in your business, what can you do about it? And in this one, I talk about my process in terms of like, you know, uh, step one, you write then all the things that could go wrong. Then you kind of think, you know, what if those things did go wrong? What would I do about them? And then it's like, well, what could go right? And these sort of things. So I walk them through a process. And then we take those emails and we pull them out into social. So we take a, a small chunk and basically our social media follows that same path through. So what this enables to me to do is like, create content and share content that isn't just like a scattered gun effect, isn't just like throwing my subjects at the wall, which I've done up until this date, you know, of of trying this new stuff. It's much more curated. It's, you know, we even think about what images are going to go along with what posts when we're doing it. And then, but what it means for me now is I have a call on a Tuesday with one of my team who does this. We literally run through, I tell them what I'm going to write. I've written the emails for them. They then take my tone of voice. They take my content and we go, okay, on Tuesday, let's share why this is important. On Wednesday, let's do a quote. On Thursday, let's write a bit of my story. On Friday, let's do a swipe post of the different ways in which they can get over fear in their business. And we create this like little mini experience almost of like, I'm taking you through this journey. So I'm not just dropping in going, Instagram's brilliant. And just leaving it there. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, on Monday, I might tell you Instagram's brilliant. And then I might tell you who for and why. And then I might give you one post idea. So, but what's really nice about this process as well is if I am leading up to something, so I have a few different products, but if I'm leading up to something really specific, like an email product that I have about why you should have an email list, then my content can shift and that story can start to talk about why email is important perhaps some of the systems like the next week might be, let's look at the email systems that are out there and the ones I like and the ones I hate. Then it might be talking about lead magnets and then I might talk about a landing page. But again, it's like, I try and think of, is there a story I can tell about this personally? Is there like a myth or a thing that really annoys me? Is there some tips I can share? Is there some like key information they need to know before they start on that journey? And that forms my emails, which forms my social media, but it takes time. So someone looking at how together that looks, if it looks that together, I'm not entirely sure, but you know, they might be thinking, oh my gosh, that's how I've got to do it. Well, no, that's how I do it now. Now I've done this for a really long time. And now I've got a team who I trust to help produce content. Cause I, not that I didn't trust them, but I was so, it was my content and therefore it was had to be me that showed up and it's still me, but they're just helping me with part of the process. And then I still manage all the stuff as well. So, so that's how we're doing it today. And I'm really, we've had some really good feedback. We're getting people to see the kind of, you know, if you stay with me, you're going to see this kind of 
story lead into something that's going to be helpful to you so yeah it's been good but like I said that's not if you're sat here listening to us thinking I need to do social media better that is definitely not the thing to jump to next there are many steps before you get to that one Oh, yes. This is definitely what I would consider an advanced strategy, but I love it. And I love how um, interconnected it is with your email and social, because I think sometimes as well that the idea is that social media has to be brand new, never before seen content. And what you're showing us is that you're starting with your emails and amplifying some of those messages on social and kind of having that running thread which really cuts down on on the amount of content that you have to create and the amount of ideas that you have to create, I would assume, right? Yeah. And and also with those things, sometimes the post is just a question. Sometimes it's like, you know, what's holding you back in your business? And then maybe come Friday's post, I'll tweak it so I can answer some of those things. Or it might be a question that's in an Instagram story. And then I will spend 10 minutes going through each of those kind of questions and answering them on stories. So you can almost get them to help you mold that content. So it's appropriate to them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I am curious about if your podcast or any of your other content, like your live streams and things like that, is is that informed by the emails for the week as well? It is now. So we, when we first started this, I'd already batched up to a certain point. Um, and now what we're trying to do where possible is trying to marry the two. So for instance, next week, when I talk about fear, the podcast episode just happens to be about selling. And actually that fits quite nicely because people often fear selling and how that feels and trying to do it. So if I can find a way to make them fit, then that's great. The solo episodes, and this is the other thing about doing the content this way is one, I can see we've created a spreadsheet. I love a spreadsheet, but we create the spreadsheet and in it, it's like, I'm, I've got the spacing up until the point in when I'm opening my academy again. So it's like now, because I've got my podcast in there and also we have in the spreadsheet, is there any lead magnets that I've got? Is there any particular episodes that I need to lean to? So for instance, in the fear one, I remember doing one about how to fail, you know, and, and do it well or something. One of the episodes I did, and this was ages ago, but I can go to my site, just type in my word in my search and be like, oh yeah, I did that episode and that episode. And then I can pull back some of those old episodes because again, like, I'm so glad you, you touched on the fact that people think it has to be new The point is we feel like it has to be new because we've seen it and we think, and we're bored with it. Like we look at it and think, oh yeah, I've I've put that out five times now. I don't think I can talk about it anymore. But the truth is one, like if you were watching an advert on TV, how many times do you see that advert and do you ever mind? Like some adverts, my husband and I joke, there's, we watch this program in the UK called Sunday Brunch. So on a Sunday, it's like a magazine show and they make food. And, and it's one of those things that we sit in bed, drinking coffee, watching this program. And this same advert for this carpet cleaner comes on every single week. So like, and in the advert, one of the lines is, so you know what that means? And so my husband and I go, yeah, it's Sunday. Like, (laughs) because it literally is on every single week, but we don't, we're not angry at it. We're not annoyed that they haven't come up with some new content strategy. It's just, it's repetition. It's kind of reconfirming those ideas and thoughts. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think so many people think we need to do all these things and and they all need to be brand new. But the other thing is we get tired of them. We see them. And therefore we think, 
everyone else has seen them, but they haven't. You know, take algorithms, take open rates. The chances of someone seeing every single thing you put out is so slim. There's no way they're going to see it or all of it. So actually repeating and going back to some of those things, you know, so if we, if I had a client and they were doing a blog or one of the members, it would be like, okay, on the week the blog comes out, you're going to post about it three times, three different ways. You might post the title, you might post an interesting fact, you might post something that is a debating subject that you can say, what's your opinion on this? And then why not take that blog post and, you know, mix it up and do something different with it and put it over here? And why not then post about it again two weeks later? Just because you talked about it three times here doesn't mean that everyone's seen it. So why not, you know, then do a roundup of here are all the blog posts that focus on this subject and it happens to appear in that or take something out of it and turn it into a meme you know so there's so much we can do and we worry that that we've got to put all this new stuff and create all this new stuff but my podcast now is on episode 180 something and they're roughly an hour 45 minutes maybe a bit less on the solo ones and it's like that is an obscene amount of time like that is crazy how much stuff is in there? Like, you know, not that I want to stop the podcast. I love it, but it's like, we're just not using it. And I think people think we've constantly got to reinvent ourselves, constantly got to come up with something new. And it's like, no, we can say the same things in a different way. We can ask a question about it instead of telling people about it. We can, you know, put it in a different format in a different image in a, you know, in a video or a GIF or a, you know, there's lots of different things we can do with it, but we really should all have an absolute abundance of content to go out. Yeah. And we do. It, it, it's so true. And I love that you're really illustrating this with your own content strategy. I'm obsessed. I love it. Um, okay. So you've talked a lot about email and I know that you have a free gift for those people listening all about email. So tell us what it is. So I love social media, obviously goes without saying. However, I am a huge fan and advocate of you building your email list because I have too many stories, real, very awful stories of people building their profiles on social only for something to go wrong. I think one of the worst I ever had was uh, a friend who built her Instagram up to, I think it was like 170 something thousand. Like anybody building Instagram will know that is insane amount of work. She had created all these posts. She'd done, she was consistent. It was beautiful. She had an online membership about creating arts and crafts activities for children like her hot Instagram was perfect for her audience. She got a huge audience on there. Someone hacked her account, wiped everything. Like it just didn't exist. So she came to me like, oh my goodness, this has happened. How on earth do I get it back? And I tried as much as I could to help her, but there was nothing we could do. Because unless you're probably Kim, you know, Kardashian or Kylie Jenner, I don't think Instagram's that bothered about your Instagram account, unfortunately. Um, and basically it had been wiped and hacked and, and that was it. Everything was gone. And funnily enough, the thing she was more upset about, which is interesting, is the content. So she had created all these photos and captions and stories and all this stuff. And that had gone as well, rather than being upset about the audience, which you think you would. But anyway, she had to start again. Now, obviously, she had some email list, which is great because she can go and grab that list and go, look what's happened to my account. 
but there's a whole host of people out there who didn't get on her list who because it was working so well as Instagram that she didn't feel the need to and she lost them overnight I mean and that sounds like an extreme example but it's things like the algorithm changes you know someone has tried to hack my Instagram three times today I'm not even kidding you because I have the two-step notification thing so it keeps telling me here's your password because you're trying to log in it's like no I'm not trying to log in you know and and that sort of stuff is scary like but it's things that you could break a term and condition the algorithm changes you know there's so many things as to why as much as social media is phenomenal and it is and as a way to get out there it's great however you always want to be building that list because that list belongs to you you're not marketing on borrowed ground the people in your platform do not belong to you. They belong to the platform. So I am a huge advocate of you build your list. That is not to say that you don't need to do social media or appear. I am still on everything. I still appear in both places, but it just means I get another bite at the cherry. It just means that if the algorithm didn't show you my post, then maybe you open my email. So absolutely start that. But this process is not a two minute job. Okay. If you're going to do it properly, it takes time. It's worth every single second of time you can put into it. I can't tell you how worthwhile it is having an email list, but I have got a download that you can grab where if you go to treasyheathwearing.com forward slash start your list, I think I've remembered that right. Or start your email, actually. Was it start your email? Start your email. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I have all these like pretty links and I can never remember the names of them. Um, and basically, I take you through my five steps of how to identify who you want on your list, to how to identify what they want from you so you can create some kind of offer or opt-in so that you can actually give them a reason. Because that's the other thing that really makes me laugh. So you say to people, you've got an email list. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. How would I join it? Oh, there's something on my site. And I'm like, all oh, right, okay. So you go to their site and hidden at the bottom, it's this tiny whispering voice that goes, do you want to join my newsletter, right? And it's like, one, it's like hidden in your footer or something. And two, you're just asking me to join a newsletter. You're not telling me why or what I'm going to get from it or what value you're going to add to me. So by giving them a reason to get on it is great. And then once you've got them on your list, it's like, what tech are you going to use? And there's a lot of different tech out there. And believe me, I have uh, I have a course where I teach you how to do the entire process and even the tech. And I've had to teach myself how to use all of the main platforms. So there's good and bad ones. And then I teach you, or then I talk about in step five, like, what are you actually going to email them? So it's all well and good as building this list, but then you've got to email them. So how to take the pain out of that thought of, I've got to write an email today, or what am I going to write? Or, oh my God, it's come to this day again in this week and I haven't done it. So it just takes you through all of those steps. Oh my gosh, y'all definitely check this out. I'm putting the link in the description and in the show notes, um, because this is such a great resource. Thank you so much for sharing all of your beautiful knowledge with us today. My pleasure. It's been good fun. I love this stuff. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So what's your favorite platform? Where should we hang out with you on social media? Totally Instagram. I love Instagram. So please come and say hi over there. I would love to meet you guys. It'd be awesome. Yay. So I'll put Teresa's links in the show notes, in the description. Make sure you connect with her on Instagram. Tell her you loved this episode and what you took away from it. I think she would love that. Uh, And with that, we're wrapping up our episode. Make sure that you stay tuned for next week 
we're talking all about your digital brain. This is a concept we're teaching in the school that I'm bringing to you, and it echoes a lot of what we talked about today. So we're going to get to work on building out those concepts for yourself. That will be next week. Until then, I will see you on the internet. Bye for now.